Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of our podcast series, Beyond Markets. My name is Nikola Deskowansky. I'm Head of Wealth Management Solutions and member of the executive board at Julius Baer based in Zurich. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Sipo Arsen from Next Generation Research Team at Julius Baer, also based in Zurich. Hello, Sipo. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Nicola. It's my pleasure to be here. Today, Sipo and I will be discussing about the latest developments in the crypto space. Last week saw a shakedown in crypto markets with broad-based drawdowns for many leading tokens, driving one of the largest weekly declines in the total crypto market capitalization in recent history. The trigger, the high-profile collapse of algorithmic stablecoin TerraDollar, also known as UST which depegged from its one-to-one level with US dollar. The initial deviation from parity saw UST falling to 75 cents early last week, further escalating to as low as 26 cents at one point. The collapse of UST ecosystem, which caused a 95% drawdown in its associated token, drove fears of the collapse of other stable coins on the contagion for the broader crypto markets. Sipo, can you tell us how could something like this happen? Certainly, Nicola. There are all sorts of theories floating around. I would say there are two main theories for the UST collapse. Now, the first theory is that this was really the result of an intentional targeted attack on the Luna UST ecosystem through the dumping of large-scale holdings of UST tokens in order to benefit from the resulting arbitrage opportunities on both the UST stablecoin and other associated crypto assets. The second theory is that there was a realization of the unsustainably high yields holders of UST could earn in decentralized finance protocols, which promised interest of close to 20% per annum. Now, we believe this led to a rush of investors essentially dumping their tokens in what is very similar to what we would consider a bank run in the world of traditional finance. Now, as the anxiety amongst UST holders grew after the initial DPEG from parity, more and more holders sought to liquidate their UST tokens, creating somewhat of a cascading effect of selling pressure for the UST, with holders really looking to redeem their tokens through both centralized and decentralized exchanges. It sounds like the reason behind the UST collapse are largely confined to the Terra ecosystem. However, we also saw kind of a ripple effect in the broader market. So can you tell us more about this? That's absolutely correct, Nicola. We really saw quite broad ripple effects across the crypto markets. We believe this is due to potential selling pressure from the Luna Foundation Guard, which, to provide some context, is essentially a treasury established by the backers of the project, which holds substantial amounts of other high-profile digital assets, such as Bitcoin and Avalanche. Now, in an attempt to defend the peg as the anxiety spread, a substantial proportion of the assets held were essentially liquidated, resulting in 
really strong selling pressure for the general crypto markets. Now, more importantly, in our opinion, we have really observed a real knock in confidence in, you know, first of all, stable coins, but also more broadly, the general crypto ecosystem, which really further dented an already low sentiment in the digital asset space. Actually, the term stable coins can be somewhat misleading since stable coins can be constructed in many different ways. What is your take on that, Nicola? Not all stable coins are created equal and each have their own strengths and weakness. They are, however, very important because it's kind of a bridge between the world of fiat currency and the world of decentralized assets. So we have in a nutshell three kinds of stable coins. The first one, called algorithmic stable coins, are pegged but not backed by fiat currency. To protect their peg against a reference currency, they rely on a computer code and clever mechanism that regulates supply. It appears very elegant, but unfortunately prone to bank-like scenarios when panic sets in. And that's exactly what you were just describing on the Terra ecosystem. We have also crypto-backed stablecoins. Safeguard their peg by keeping crypto reserves locked up as collateral. However, their massive over-collateralization, given the volatility of the cryptos versus their reference value, limits the usefulness of crypto-backed stablecoins for financial activities namely borrowing and lending. And finally, the most elegant maybe is fiat-baked stablecoin, which keep their peg by having enough fiat currency available to provide trust in the system. This is very safe, but the problem here is that people again need trust in a centralized provider, which raises the question, why bother with crypto solution or not just stay with the very good old world of traditional finance? You hit the nail exactly on the head, Nicolas. It's really important not to paint all stablecoins with the same brush. Stablecoins, in my view, can certainly play a role in the digital assets ecosystem by providing investors with access to an instrument that has all the benefits of blockchain technology while really mitigating the infamous volatility of free-floating crypto assets by maintaining the stable peg to a fiat currency financial market. Now, what this crisis has really highlighted is that the exact mechanism with which this is mitigation is done is highly, highly important. Now, as highlighted by Fitch Rating Agency, stablecoins backed by reserve assets with clear fiat currency value face a really fundamentally different set of credit issues to st- algorithmic stablecoins. In such cases, stability risk can be much more manageable depending on various factors such as the safety and liquidity of the reserve assets used. Now, at the same time, it pays, literally, to be discerning when investing in the digital asset space. As rational investors, we are all aware that risks and returns are two sides of the same coin, or in this case, a crypto coin, which ultimately requires us to do really sound due diligence on the part of our clients and investors. What is clear, however, is that the recent developments will undoubtedly lead to increased calls for regulation of stable coins and the broader decentralized finance world at large. We think that ultimately regulators will seek to create a much more level playing field between the highly regulated world of traditional finance and the sort of thus far largely unregulated world of decentralized finance. Sifo, you also mentioned the low sentiment in digital asset space, even prior to the recent turmoil. What are the main reasons and what is our outlook for the asset class? Well, Nicola, I think tightening monetary policy and equity market volatility 
have really been putting pressure on high beta assets this year, of which, of course, crypto markets were not immune. Now, digital assets have undoubtedly benefited from the sort of accommodative monetary policy over the last couple of years with, you know, relatively easy access to low-cost liquidity, certainly benefiting the digital asset space. Now, this stablecoin implosion, in our view, already added to an already low sentiment in the crypto market space on the back of this sort of general risk aversion that has been, you know, sweeping across financial markets. Now, there's also a possibility that investors lose confidence in stablecoins, which would really have negative repercussions for crypto coins and digital finance more broadly. Despite many assets trading at multi-month lows now, we don't see any significant catalyst on the horizon for a swift recovery in digital assets. And, you know, we expect volatility to persist going forward. That said, I think such volatility is to be expected for an asset class, which is still in its infancy. Perhaps, Nicola, you could elaborate on our sort of longer-term views here as a bank. Certainly, Sifo. We believe that this is a watershed moment for the financial world. The creators of digital assets have laid the groundwork for technically simplifying and democratizing the way we conduct financial transactions. We are entering into a new area of Web 3.0, where the decentralization of technology on internet will rule. We can now share content, but we can also share ownership for the first time. This has a tremendous potential to improve existing global business processes by cutting out the middleman. And this has the power to change the world of finance. So this recent volatility in crypto markets does not affect our sort of recognition of the long-term potential of digital assets then? No, it does not. If an investor considers trying their hand at digital coins or wishes to get exposure to the blockchain space, then they should be able to live with the volatility, which is not likely to decline very soon. The path to Web 3.0 will not be smooth, and we will likely see many incumbents in the sphere disappear before the true leadership emerges. Just think of the dot-com bubble. That's great, Nicola. And, you know, it really gives me some comfort that my job uh, will remain relevant and uh, secure going forward. Of course. At Julius Bear, we pride ourselves of taking a long view on next generation trends. In fact, we recently published a brochure entitled Crypto Matters. Well, I think this is a perfect time to wrap up our discussion today. On behalf of SIPO and all our colleagues at Julius Bear, thank you for listening and goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. 
Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.